0: Um, I'd want to talk about having passion for God this morning and are we passionate about him in return. Um, I'm Rachel, or Rach, um, been here for about a year and a half now, came up from London. God really inspired me to come and uh, move up here. Um, I'm in a wonderful life group and they've really, really blessed me in terms of settling because it's a huge change, moving everything, church, life, family, jobs. Uh, thank you to you guys for supporting me. Um, I've got two birth children, Jack and Ellen, and Jack and his aunt and Anna, his wife, are over in River City Church. And my daughter Ellen is still in London, but she's buying a house in York and hopes to be uh, at York Church fairly soon. Um, I'm a foster carer, and I've had a, a head count, and actually over the last nine years I've had 26 children living with me, short and long term. Some for a day, some for four years. Uh, and I have a lovely young lady living with me at the moment. Uh, please forgive me for reading my notes, because I'm not very good at ad-libbing. I've, I've kind of focused on, so if my head is here a lot, I do apologise. Um, when Dan asked me if I'd do a little preach today on something God's been speaking about, I immediately recalled Sue's sermon a few weeks back about how she hears God's voice. Uh, God said to me that to some degree I've become a bit complacent about that, and I've taken hearing his voice for granted. He, he nudged me to seek his face and to spend more time with him, Focusing on and understanding God's passion for me, in doing that, it lifts my thoughts, it lifts my heart, and it helps me focus on how wonderful God is, and therefore how much I mean to him. And I'm not trying to be arrogant in that, I'm just being honest that gazing on God highlights his love for me and sparks my love for him in return. So today I thought I'd remind us of just how passionate God is about us and then how we can try and return that passion in trying to understand God's love for me, the disciple John simply writes, We love because he loved us first. And I think that's come up, yeah. Um, we, are, we are unable to generate love without God showing us love first. Love doesn't happen in any other order than from God first. Gazing at God reminds me that God owns love, God is love. God created love, and without God, there would be no love. I'm not sure we always believe that, but I totally believe that if God wasn't in the world today, there would be no love. We can learn so much about God from scripture, but we must also pursue a relationship with the person of God. For example, I can learn all about you from others telling me about you, but if I don't pursue spending time with you one-to-one, I will only know facts about you. I won't know, I won't have a relationship with you. And it's the same for us with God. We must pursue knowing the person of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Um, A well-known Christian author, C.S. Lewis, I think most of you probably know his Narnia and his uh, wonderful sort of theology books he's done as well. Um, He simply writes, God doesn't want something from us. He just wants us. Oh, he simply wants us, sorry. God doesn't want something from us. He simply wants us. And he wants us with him in heaven for all time. That's his long-term plan. I think Russ was saying that earlier. It's a long-term plan that we spend eternity with him. And we are God's eternal prize, his eternal passion. How can we get closer to him? How can we attempt to return that passion? I think the answer is simply by spending time with him, choosing to allocate time just for God. Uh, by talking to him as if he's sitting in the room with you, by being bold, by taking risks, by trying something new and possibly feeling a bit silly in trying something new. God wants us to chat to him, to tell him about our day, but, with, but doing that without asking for anything and without having your own agenda. That's quite hard, but that's what we need to do. So how did I and how do I cultivate sitting with God and, and learning that? Well, I've got a few little tick, tick things that I thought would, might help you. Is start by allocating a minimum of 30 minutes. You can do a lot longer, but anything less than that, I think you, you're not going to hear God if you're struggling to learn that process. And then quieten your heart. It's, it's not a case of emptying your mind. That's an Eastern religion thing. It's just quietening your mind, choosing to put other thoughts aside. Sometimes I listen to Christian music and sometimes I don't. And then the next thing to do is to wait. And then to wait a bit more. And then even waiting a bit longer than that. And then just when you're ready to give up, that final bit of waiting, God normally speaks in a quiet voice. He probably won't shout in your early days of practicing that with him. But the more you practice waiting to hear God, the quicker he speaks to you, because you get used to knowing that he will speak back. And then your expectation of him speaking grows too. God's passion for us amazes me. Uh, Going back to C.S. Lewis again, who summarizes much better than me in saying, God has infinite attention to spare for each one of us. You are as much alone with him as if you were the the only being he created. And in Deuteronomy in 4.29, it says, if you seek God, your God, You will be able to find him if you're seriously looking for him with your whole heart and soul. Now that's from the message, which is a paraphrased Bible, so it's not a literal translation. But it explains well the promise that if you earnestly seek him, you will find him. But if you are really struggling to hear God speak into your life, you might need to talk to a trusted trusted Christian friend, a life group leader, one of the pastoral team, one of the leaders, to help you focus and do that. At the moment, God is teaching me to expect more of my relationship with him, to not have any barriers or limits on how I can relate to him or what to expect. I don't need to know the full extent of God's relationship with me right now. He reveals it bit by bit as I mature with him. Um, I'm going to mention two books that I found really helpful. One is Mike Bickle, who talks about a passion for Jesus, and it is an easy read, and it is really good. And the second one is um, Benny Hinn's book, uh, Good Morning, Holy Spirit. So in, in Mike's book, uh, one of the things he says is, regardless of how we see him, meaning God, what you and I think about God is the mo- most important thing about us. We will eventually be shaped by the image of God we carry in our minds. So we do need to ask God to enlarge our expectation of relationship with him and for the truth about God to be revealed in our hearts. Mike Bickle goes into great detail in his book about weighing up the truth of God with our, ex- our experience of earthly fathers. And it's, it's still available eBay and Amazon, um, still in print. Um, And then on to Benny Hinn's book, some people consider him a bit odd and he is a little bit eccentric in some ways but this book tells of his early, his his testimony of becoming a Christian and how he met the Holy Spirit in his own room, in his family home, despite coming from an immigrant Eastern Orthodox uh, family background, which is like a very high C of E and go some. Um, If you struggle to hear God or move in the Holy Spirit, I think you'll find this book really helpful. It is out of print, but still available uh, secondhand on eBay or, or Amazon. Since my twenties, I've discipled many people, mostly teens, uh, when I've known them for a while. And to establish where they're at in their walk with God, I ask this question: Have you ever asked God what kind of day He has had? And I've had some interesting responses to that. Mostly, should you ask God that question? At least one person I asked said they thought I was wrong to ask that of God. I'll leave that with you for a moment and come back to it later. With practice, waiting on God becomes easier and quicker. You enjoy it more. To know that I not only know about God, but that I know him personally, born out of the relationship I have with him, excites me. I'm going to say that again because it's a bit wordy. To know that I not only know about God, but that I know him personally, born out of a, the relationship I have with him, really excites me. And that's where my passion just mirrors the passion that God has for me, just a little. It's definitely where I get most excited about knowing God. Mike Bickle says in his book, of uh, sorry, Passion for Jesus, God, who has never painted the same sunset twice, knows exactly how to reveal himself to you. He will choose the perfect time and place to speak to you. When you come to your Heavenly Father for help, you will not be ignored or rebuked. You will not be ridiculed for your mistakes. He cares for you affectionately and watchfully. His love for you will never fail or come to an end. Where does our passion for God start? Well, why did you fall in love with God in the first place? Do you remember when you first knew for sure that he lived in your heart? At age 16, I wanted to know that I was going to heaven. I needed that peace in my heart, and I didn't have it. So to cut a long story short, I prayed and told God I wanted to live for him from that day on. And to this day, that peace of my eternal future has never left my heart. So what else has God been teaching me about my relationship and taking it for granted? The Holy Spirit has surprised me a couple of times when I found myself bubbling away in tongues when I was out driving without consciously thinking about God at all and I thought, why am I speaking in tongues now? I asked God and if I'd missed something or something important and he paused and then he spoke saying, no, you're just drawing closer to me. I beamed from the inside out because I was drawing closer to him subconsciously God also highlighted the difference in my lifestyle since I've moved from London to Hull, and he suggested a few changes I could make to give him more time and space in my life. So I'm coming to an end, but I need to return to my unanswered question. Have you ever asked God what kind of day he has had? Well, I kept in touch with one young lady I discipled. Initially, she thought I was odd to ask that question, but several years later, she called me from university to say, I've asked him, and I knew exactly what she meant. I asked if she's had an answer, and she said yes. So why ask, and what's the answer? Well, if you ask, I believe you'll get an answer, and that's private to you. But the most important thing, the thing that can change the dynamic of your relationship with God, is that you've reached a place in your relationship with him that you are able to ask It implies that you are growing in confidence, knowing God, and because of that, you can ask and He will answer you. What I've learned from asking that question is that not only is God interested in my day, but He's allowed me to be interested in His. I feel like I am a friend as well as He is mine. We all need to be challenged as we mature in God, no matter how old or young we are, how long we've been a Christian. But we have to give God permission to do that in our lives. God wants a relationship with us more than anything else. And if we know God and love him in return, that's all God asks of us. So I'm encouraging you to to take a new step forward with Jesus today.